Hi, everybody, and welcome to Fake Headlines Podcast, episode number 30. Hello, I'm Tiffany Dillon. And I'm Kevin Dillon. And, uh, yeah, episode 30. We, uh... 30. We appreciate everyone who continues to listen week after week to our constant nonsense. This is our dirty 30. Dirty 30. There's nothing really... uh, I don't think I have anything dirty planned for this week. I know we were on a a stretch where there are a lot of weird animal stories, but, uh... Yeah, I don't have anything. Nothing weird. really. No. Yeah. yeah, these are just silly stories. Yeah. Non-political, silly news stories. Yeah. That was the original title of our podcast. But it seemed too wordy. Yeah, it seemed like a lot. You know, like just, just too much. Hard to type into that browser. Hard for people to remember. You know, so. So we settled on fake headlines, and every week what we do is we scour the internet for one bizarre story and then we make up a couple of our own and we try to trick one another into guessing or not guessing the real one yeah it's fun it's just silly it's a good time yeah yeah do you want to get started yeah all right yeah let's hear your articles for the week tiff okay god go ahead (laughs) okay article number one robot maid rosie Makes her debut during European Tech Conference. Robot Maid Rosie makes a debut. During European Tech Conference. Okay. Article number two. Crayola announces new colors for 2019 and will include LOL, TBT, and SMH. Crayola announces new colors for 2019 and will include LOL, TBH, and SMH. SMH. Mm-hmm. What does SMH stand for? Shaking my head. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the last one, a rock used as a doorstop for decades in Michigan, actually a meteorite worth $100,000. <laughs> A rock used as a doorstop in Michigan for decades. Actually, a meteorite worth $100,000. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Robot Made Rosie makes a debut during Eurotech conference. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So it's like a Roomba, but a person, like a full-size Roomba. Yeah, I think the, the uh, technology for robots has advanced to a point where we can have actual robot maids now. Oh, that's so great. Do they have to wear, like, the french maid uniform like in the jetsons well her name is rosie so probably seems a little risque though doesn't it do you sexualize rosie from the jetsons well i mean she's wearing a french maid uniform that uniform has been sexualized (laughs) her name is rosie and she's like a plump you know 50 year old looking robot nothing wrong with that no wearing a french maid uniform (laughs) that's that hits a lot of buttons for me She's a, a cougar robot. <laughs> robot cougar vacuum yeah. cleaner. Who cleans up after you. <laughs> She's like a mom. I wonder if like the arms are like the like tubes to a vacuum maybe. Is that how it works, I wonder? I'm trying to envision what, what this robot would look like. I think it's just like a person. Okay. <laughs> it's just a person who does the vacuuming. They don't have like vacuum arms. I don't think so. Huh. I want I want the person to have, or the robot person, the android, to have vacuum arms. Mm-hmm. 
like a couple of uh, Dysons for arms. I feel like you're still sexualizing this. A couple of sharks. Uh, a couple of sharks. Yeah, the shark, shark oh, rockets. The shark. Not actual sharks. I see. Yeah. I see. Like that seems that seems like a lot. <laughs> no, I think it's. Uh, I think it's. She's supposed to be like a like a robot, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just did arm movements. You did a robot dance. Yeah, I did a little. Um, <laughs> it was more of a jig. It was. I guess it was technically a jig. Mm-hmm. Technically, <laughs> <laughs> robots. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she uh, debuted at a tech conference in Europe. I like the idea of not having to do chores around the house. Yeah. And having a robot do it. Yeah. I think we deserve that. I think I. I don't think she does everything that's like super advanced, but I think she does like sweeping and uh, mopping, vacuuming. Um. I think she can fold laundry. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I did see recently a machine that folds laundry. Did you? Like you put clothes into like a drawer and like it somehow Right. Yes. folds it. So I guess that mm-hmm. technology is available. Yeah. You could you could, you could uh, make a robot do that. Yeah. Yep. I like this. Robot. It's pretty maze. cool. Like a little duster going around with a little swiffer. Yeah. And I think it comes out of the top of her head, just like Rosie from the Jetsons. Um, I don't think that's true. Like, that's not strange, but my idea of having vacuum arms seemed weird to you. (laughs) I have weird standards, babe. (laughs) I draw the line of vacuum arms. Just two Swiffer arms. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's not that far off. I do like this idea, though. Yeah. And I, I like the idea that it's a nod to the Jetsons by naming yes, her Rosie. Absolutely. Like, I think that's really cool. Like, I feel like we've done, we've reached the point where we don't need to do housework anymore. Like, we should have a robot doing it. Like, yeah. Like, I think our world, we just have too much to do during the day. Yeah. Can't like be expected to vacuum daily. Stare at our phones for four hours. Yeah, it's a lot of time. Yeah. Like, I don't have the time to do other things other than that. Right. I mean, that phone looking is like 75% of my day. I know. How are you supposed to make your brain go really fast? <laughs> I mean, there are drugs, I suppose, but oh. those, aren't, those aren't healthy. No. no. Uh-uh. I like to make my brain go fast by just staring at technology. Yeah. And ruining your eyes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sounds way more fun than cleaning. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sitting there looking at the phone, you get... All kinds of information and entertainment. Constantly. It's refreshing. What kind of information and entertainment are you getting while you vacuum? Imagination. Yeah. And it's boring. My imagination's dumb. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I need to... I'm a consumer, not a creator. <laughs> I, you know, I think that it probably would be helpful in some aspects to have a, a robot doing housework. Um, especially if like you have a big family or something, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just to pick up the slack for a few things would probably make things easy. I mean, that's why we have dishwashers. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we. Machines to do our work for us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Not, to, not because we're lazy, but because it, it should be a way to enhance 
our living. Gives you more phone looking time back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and that's that's the motto: phone looking time back. <laughs> I mean, your kids want to. Your kids don't want to do chores. They want to just look at their phones and tablets. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you want them to leave you alone while they're looking at their phones and tablets. Yeah, so you can look at your own phone and tablet. Yeah, you like, can't be bothered. The robot is, it just solves so many problems. Absolutely. The robot can even maybe take your kids to school. You don't have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, tuck them in at night, read them a story. I think that one of the other things that was at this uh, conference was, um, it was like an Alexa type kind of device that would uh, read stories to your kids. Mm. So they would still get that sort of... um, pleasantry before they went to sleep <laughs> like it, in a traditional sort of way but non-traditional because your parent isn't doing it i like that it's a like a little machine it's kind of like alexa Man. like so you could be like uh i can't remember what the name of it was it um so it'd be like alana read me are you my mom like you know what i mean so yeah. like a traditional sort of oh, children's man. book parents are gonna have it so easy yeah the i next know few years I know. Like everything's being done for you. Yeah. More time for the phone. Bananas. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember going to get coffee this summer and we were sitting outside and it was a parent and a kid who was probably 10 and they all just sat there in silence on their phones? I, you know, I, I remember you mentioning that you saw that, but I was kind of tucked away in the corner, so I didn't, oh, I didn't yeah. really notice, but I saw them, that family walk in. Yeah. Because uh, we were also looking at our phones. No, we that's were. that's not true. We were, <laughs> Probably were. We were no. We were working on writing. Yeah, but we might have to look at our phones for certain to, for certain fact checking. Yeah, but I think I <laughs> I wasn't paying attention because yeah. I was backed in the corner. <laughs> that's all. I remember going out to eat with my parents when I was a kid, and uh, they used to always bring like a little portable TV with them and just sit there and mm-hmm. watch TV while we were at the restaurant. All the restaurants probably had one at hand, you know. Like uh, this was the eighties. Oh. Yeah. Well, the nineties were a different time. <laughs> you could bring your own rabbit ears if you wanted to. Okay. Yeah, because you know, reception. Right. Reception at the reception. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they say. <laughs> Do you ever see that like in an old movie where like they bring a telephone to the table, like on the long cord? <laughs> Yes. Uh-huh. They would just wheel out like a little television for you. <laughs> uh, excuse me, sir. I would like to watch Knott's Landing. <laughs> oh, well, let me just bring you a TV. <laughs> would you mind turning the rooftop antenna for me? <laughs> Those were the days. It's just like a chain of people like, turn the antenna, turn the antenna. <laughs> turn the antenna. One poor person on top. On yep. yeah. <laughs> That's <right>. exactly it. <laughs> Well, I, I love this idea. I would yeah. like to get a robot made. Isn't that cool? I love it. I love it. How do you feel? Would you get one? No. No? Just a firm no on that. Yeah. Any reason why? Uh, I don't think it's necessary. I feel like it would lead to human laziness. Mm-hmm. We're lazy <laughs> enough. Yeah. Sometimes doing housework is nice, though. kind of helps you get out some of your aggressions. Yeah. Uh, like you... It it makes your brain shut off for a little bit, and you're just kind of focused focused on that task at hand. Yeah. I mean, that's why meditation is helpful because you are just concentrating on your breathing mm-hmm. versus, um, well, you shouldn't be thinking about other things. But right. 
because I'm one of those people that has a really hard time just focusing on what I'm doing. Yeah, I don't think I could do well at meditation because the more I'm trying to tell my brain to like not think of things, I'm going to keep <laughs> thinking of things. Well, they have like good apps where it's a guided meditation. So it, it literally is just like, okay, now inhale, now exhale. Now imagine yourself on a beach and now imagine, you know, the waves crashing against the sea or the the seashore, the <laughs> land. Yeah. Rocks. <laughs> Are you a robot? That's I, don't, I don't know what's wrong with my head tonight. I like. I was trying to send messages to my sister, and I kept misspeaking or not thinking of words. I don't know. Oh, it's okay. Sometimes my brain <laughs> isn't rocking on all cylinders. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think I would like the robot maid. I think I would enjoy. I, I think I enjoy doing housework. I think yeah. it's genetic. I think it comes from my, my mom. Yeah. I don't think she enjoyed housework. She just did it. Yeah. And I think it's just in, ingrained in me. And I tried to, and when I vacuum, I do the old trick my mom used to tell me. It's like, well, when you vacuum, you just pretend you're running the vacuum over people's faces you don't like. <laughs> and that works. And it works. I feel great. I know. This place is spotless. I'm vacuuming every day. Yeah. Sometimes twice a day. Yeah. I don't like a lot of people. Yeah, I know. I'm full of anger. No. I don't seem like it, but I really am. Right below the surface. Yeah, I know. Oof. You're the kind that people need to watch out for, you uh, know? No, nah, I wouldn't go that far. You're just erupting. Yeah. No. You're a bad boy underneath, aren't you, Kevin? <laughs> I'm a bad boy vacuumer. Are you holding it back? <laughs> I like to put on a leather jacket, flip the collar up, and get out of vacuum. <laughs> bad boy. So that's the way to do it. Cigarettes rolled up in my sleeve. One dangling from my lips, and I'm vacuuming this place. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you ash on the floor. You're vacuuming <laughs> that up. I'll vacuum that shit right up. <laughs> I don't care. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm a Roomba hooligan. <laughs> so Crayola is introducing some new colors for 2019. Yeah. So what are these names again? LOL. They are LOL, TBT, like Throwback Thursday. Okay. And SMH. I wonder what these colors look like. Yeah, I um, I don't know. Like an LOL, I imagine something bright, right? Like a laughing. That's what I loud. imagine too. Yeah, like a maybe like a like a yellow and an orange, maybe. That's what I've seen too. Is yellow and an orange. For yeah. That. Uh, for TBT, imagining like a darker tone, like a sepia tone, like a yeah, like a brown or copper color. Yeah, I think copper. Yeah. Copper is what resonates with me i think and then for shake my head probably something in the red family oh okay you know when you're shaking your head at someone Mm or uh yeah and i think the reason why they're using because they're slang terms Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they're it's like trying to keep up with the times and and uh i think the best way to do that with something that has been around as long as it has like crayons is to uh is to connect with uh uh Younger generations by speaking their language, so to speak. Have they done that in the past? Um, I don't think so. I think this is something new that they're trying. What are some 90s slang terms that used to say a lot? Do you remember any? Uh, as if. <laughs> Was there an as Whatever. if? Whatever. An as if Crayola? Not that I recall. <laughs> I don't remember. I, that. The, I'm pretty sure all the crayons that I had were straight from the 90s. 80s, <laughs> 70s. <laughs> All your crayons, you had like w- w- uh, Far Out, and that's more of, is that 70s? I don't yeah, know. that's or 70s. Tubular for the 80s. Tubular. <laughs> ah. Will you pass me the uh, Gag Me With a Spoon? 
I'll color this uh, bracelet in. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> Gag me with a spoon. What color would that be? Uh, I, w- I imagine like a green. <laughs> yeah, that seems right. <laughs> like a green. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think an as if would be like something that's like a fluorescent pink. Yeah, I would agree with that. Anything. I would agree. Like any of those colors from... Um, or the slang terms from uh, Clueless. <laughs> so like whatever would be like a like a super neon green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so you had a lot of hand-me-down crayons? I had a lot of hand-me-down everything. <laughs> <laughs> Clothes, crayons, Barbies, dolls. I guess my uh, crayons were kind of... Well, my crayons were sort of hand-me-downs from my sister. I think they were all... We had like a... I think... Every cu- every family has like a box of crayons. Yeah, it's just like I look at my dad's. Uh, all my cousins had used it, so like <laughs> I remember coloring in Scooby Doo books, coloring books that were from like the seventies. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so they were like these big coloring books too. Um, but it, at my dad's, it was just a it was like a, a Cool Whip container full of crayons. <laughs> and I'm not had, kidding. I think we had that too for some reason. <laughs> like I just I, we had definitely had a Cool Whip container filled with. Because I mean, you couldn't get Tupperware. Well, you probably couldn't buy Tupperware back then. No, not without going to a party. <laughs> <laughs> my, no, my parents didn't have a lot of friends. They didn't have people that had parties. It was Tupperware. it was Cool Whip and margarine containers. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the Cool Whip bin. I think every I think every family had that too. Mm-hmm. The Cool Whip bin of of crayons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you have the little box where you, well, we had the box where you could like stick a crayon in and sharpen it. Mm-hmm. I remember those in art class. Yeah. We had one of those. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Art class was my favorite. <laughs> so fun. I was not a good artist. <laughs> it was I'm, like the one class I felt like I excelled at. Everything it, else I was like, I guess I'm okay. I've seen you do a lot of good stuff over the years, like drawing and sketches and things for like different classes in college that you did for uh, costume design. You did you were really good. Thanks. I appreciate it. Like way better than me. Well, I mean, I think, I think you have, when you, when I've seen you draw stuff, it's more of like a, like a comic, like a, like a sketch, Mm -hmm. like a comic, you know, like a comedian. (laughs) No, I mean like, um, you know, like a, a comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have that ability to kind of draw like that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I can't draw like a realistic looking thing. No. Uh, you remember one year for uh, Valentine's Day, you took a photo of us and you recreated it by drawing it and put it in a frame and that came out really awesome. That was our first Valentine's Day. That was. I oh. liked you so much. I took the time to draw us. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> you just wanted an excuse to stare at a picture of us and not be weird. <laughs> like if I draw it, I guess it, it gives me something. Then if that's my, cool, right? If my roommate comes in and I'm sitting here staring at this photo, it's weird. But if I'm staring at this photo because I'm drawing it, Still weird, but not as weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I did that. It was a great gift. That's why. Thanks. It was wonderful. And we still have it hanging up. Yeah. All these years later. It's cool. 14 years later, it's still hanging up. 14? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did you spy on me for a good three years? Like. <coughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so crayons. I, I think that's fun. I, I think that's a great idea to get kids more involved 
or more inspired maybe by using crayons and like little kids are smarter and smarter every day you know what i mean and are uh probably are are in fact immersed into technology a lot sooner than the rest of us would mm-hmm. or you know um more so than the generation before them yeah like do kids still color nowadays i don't know i would assume so I hope so yeah i would they assume that's something that they do in school it's it'd be sad if they didn't i think that's really fun mm-hmm. i always loved um being able to be creative and you know take crayons and blend them into different colors or you know like like uh like creating fire you know what i mean like if you did you draw a lot of fire when you were a kid tiff well like if if you had like the sun or like a, you know yeah like something like volcano. a campfire or something or a volcano you'd yeah. always use like um the red orange and yellow sort of palette mm-hmm. and then you kind of blend them together so it didn't look like three lines of weird colors <laughs> that's, At least what, that's I what i would do i would never color it just one color i'd always have like five different colors in there like oh and then the tips it's just slightly blue you know oh look at you <laughs> i would just have like a straight lines of orange coming <laughs> off of it you were just <laughs> <laughs> oh that's an exploding fire <laughs> oh this is a radioactive log we're using at the campfire it's <laughs> mm. <laughs> just what i see yeah, I was not I was not very good. But I enjoyed it, but I was just not very good at it. And in high school I was terrible. Well, you probably didn't have to take art classes in high school, did you? Um, I took uh, yeah, I did. We took uh I remember taking a class in like a freshman year and like also senior year. I remember taking uh having an art class. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I was not good. That's so fun. Yeah. I didn't have enough room in my schedule to be able to take more art classes, oh. like actual drawing art classes. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to. Yeah, this. Uh, I think we did a little bit of everything in them. I don't. I remember. I can't remember. It's a long time. We were talking like f- sixty years ago at this point. Right. That's true. Yeah. So it's a mm-hmm. long time. It's hard to remember. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I um. I think the reason why I wasn't able to take classes like that is because I was in band and chorus. Oh, okay. So and theater art, so it, like oh. that fulfilled all of my art. Yeah, you classes. got all your creative fix there. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't. I but I wanted to take drawing classes and I couldn't. I didn't take any. Like I had these art classes, but the main concentration in high school was. Uh, I didn't even take a language in high school. I took business classes. I didn't either, and I regret that. Yeah, me too. I took business law, accounting, and like really boring stuff like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was bad. No, <laughs> but I think that's good for you know if you aren't strong in the creative edge i like in terms of like taking creative classes in high school yeah probably taking those sort of classes are a good trade-off i suppose yeah uh and look at me now i'm a businessman oh look at you now yeah Yeah, your suits up all all those classes paid off vacuuming like a maniac Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a bad boy vacuumer, but yeah. Once you see me in that conference room, though, throwing down deals. Yo, what? I, I'm a dude that took business law in, in high school. In high school. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty well suited. Yeah. For this modern world. Yeah. <laughs> Show me how to make a graph. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> Uh, so a rock used as a doorstop for decades was actually a meteorite worth lots of money. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's a, like That seems like a dad thing to do. 
<laughs> well, or like a bachelor dad. Like I could see my dad doing that, for instance. You know yeah. what I mean? Or like, well, uh, I got to hold the door open. All that rock will do. <laughs> so just use that rock as a doorstop. Hold the door open. That rock that my cousin, the astronaut, gave me. <laughs> I think it was just found in the the backyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't imagine it was. Uh, that would be kind of funny though. But yeah, meteorites could they could be anywhere. You could find them anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Backyards, conference rooms. I don't think I'd know what a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> Cran boxes, cool-up containers. Yeah. Uh, can you grab that cool-up container of funny space rocks? I'm gonna <laughs> use one for the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. What were you saying? Uh, I don't remember before I talked over your joke. I'm the worst. No, you're not. I wasn't doing great at listening. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, I don't think I would know what a meteorite looked like if I saw one. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. Like, I kind of imagine like a hard sponge looking thing. Like, lots of holes in it. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I guess that seems yeah. right. It'd be funny if it was like glowing the whole time. You were like, oh, what is this? I'm like, I don't know, use it to keep the door open. <laughs> <laughs> I think every apartment we've ever lived in, well, how many apartments have we lived in now? Five, four? Uh, three, two, one. <laughs> Blessed <And> off. Counting. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on, let me do a quick count in my head. Give me some music. <laughs> I think this is our fourth. Also, what uh, an effed up song that was I just came up with. What was that? I don't know. I don't it know sounded if... like the match game. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Space Rocks. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> Space Rock number one. Richard Dawson. <laughs> he tries to kiss each rock. Yeah. As he's <laughs> Richard, get your he tongue. He does too. Get your tongue out of the moon rock, you weirdo. Charles Nelson Riley. <laughs> now what we have right here. That's <laughs> my <laughs> best. <laughs> <laughs> that, was the, that was one of your finer impressions. Thank you. I felt like I was really sitting next to the great Charles Nelson Riley <laughs> for just a moment. <laughs> <laughs> he was very beautiful thank you <laughs> i look over he had an ascot on you were like in character in costume <laughs> big glasses so it, <laughs> in every apartment we've lived in we've had at least one door that required a doorstop is that a sign of poor construction probably right like the door just doesn't stay open it's got to be like a problem where do we use a doorstop here our bedroom oh yeah <laughs> but the door is always closed oh we don't use a doorstop in there though it, but it does swing shut at a certain point we did have that we did have a doorstop in there yeah and then we kept hitting it and then chloe kept biting it yeah we've had, we had this little like eiffel tower shaped doorstop of course and uh our cat Who just doesn't? likes to gnaw on it it's like yeah she would bite it it's like a metal eiffel tower that she i think she broke chew. her teeth that might be how she broke her teeth. Yeah. Not street fighting. I don't yeah. believe. Yeah. She's never been outside. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> she had to give up that life. No more cat fighting. Street fighting. Taking battle, down the enemy. Battle rapping. Yeah. <laughs> Girl's got a sick beat though. She does. Yeah. Arms are sweaty. Mom's spaghetti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I think it's sweet that she included me in her favorite song. <laughs> but I'm not really known for my spaghetti, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe that is a, a, a sign of poor construction. Yeah, like a poor, poorly hung door would require a doorstop. I think most places don't require them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, even the house I grew up in, which is super old and everything is uneven. I don't think I've had a a doorstop there. Like well, the doors just hang there. Well, the doors also just move on their own because of ghosts at your ho- at your childhood home. That's a fair point. <laughs> There's usually a ghost standing in the doorway, holding it open or shutting it on you. Yeah. <laughs> so douchey, you know? <laughs> you needed like a little doorstop that was shaped like one of those ghost traps from Ghostbusters. <laughs> a wedge under the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you needed. <laughs> That'll teach him. <laughs> <laughs> not messing with that door man <laughs> uh so the space rock like how did they find out that it was a space rock like i wonder if they had like their museum curator friend over like hey man do you know what that is like oh no nah. oh my god let me get out my monocle do you know that that is a chunk of rock of i know space rock what? Space rock. So maybe they had like their museum curator friend over or their friend, the astronaut over. Mm-hmm. And they were like, do you know what you have wedged out of the door? And they're like, what? That's a moon. No. <laughs> you know, when I went out in your backyard, when you first put in that trampoline, I had some space rocks in my pocket worth thousands of dollars. And no. I thought I lost them. Yeah. And now you're just propping the bathroom door open with them? How dare you? Do you know how much urine is covered that <laughs> poor door stop now? Every time you flush the toilet with a lid up, like fecal matter is just spewing through the air onto my space rock. Yeah, gross, you know? <sighs> Make the aliens mad. Oh, they know this, it. They know what's happening. This is disrespectful to Martians. Yeah. And space. And space alike. Yeah. Have you ever seen a meteorite? Like even in a museum or anything? Um, I don't, not that I can think of. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they have something at the science museum. Maybe we just don't recall must. it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was a while ago that we went there though. We have to go back to the museum. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Let's check it out. Yeah. Cause have they ever, have lots of cool stuff there now. Have you ever seen a shooting star? I don't think I have. No? I, I feel like maybe when they happen, they happen so quick that maybe it, my brain yeah. is just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing them. Uh, you were out of town. You were visiting your sister, and we were out at our friend Heather's house in the country, her parents' house. Mm-hmm. And it was a night of shooting stars. We just sat in the backyard and watched them with a bunch of us. Yeah, that's so crazy. And you called me on the way home. I remember that. I did. We talked the entire way home. Yep. Mm-hmm. About space. Yeah. Shooting stars. It was very romantic. It was <laughs> like I was there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, did I call Kevin or Isaac Asimov? This is such a <laughs> spacey convo. I don't know who that is. He's a spacey person. Oh, okay. Science fiction person? Sure. I don't know who he is. He's All a, right. He's space related somehow. Cool. Yeah, I just pulled it out of my book of big book of references here. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> I like a smart guy. I like a smart tough guy, you know? Like one who does housework. <laughs> Those pop, collar pop. Don't need no robot. You just need me. Yeah, yeah. A tough guy, vacuum guy. I'm into it. <laughs> Yeah, I um I'm not sure how this guy found out 
that his meteorite was a meteorite and not just a rock? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, maybe maybe he took it in. Maybe they, were, they had a thing where they had to take rocks. Kid had to take a rock into school for yeah. a project. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. The science teacher was like, wait a minute. Do you know what this is, young man? Let me get my Geiger counter out. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Radioactive space rock. <laughs> Little lady, you better tell your father at home we've got something very big here. <laughs> oh. Yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. <laughs> Professor Marianne. Yeah, that's my impression of a kid. <laughs> An excited kid. <laughs> I could do a mad one, too. Let's hear it. Yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. <laughs> Yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. Uh, all these stories are very bizarre and uh, plausible. I don't really know which one I want to go with as the real story this week. I kind of want to go with the space rock story because I want there. I want to hear more about the space rock. Not even the robot. All right. I'll go with the robot. then. No, you can't change your answer. I'm going to go with the space rock. And you're right. Was it really? Yeah. I'm upset. Don't be upset about it. It's like my my game has fallen off. You know, like I can't fool you anymore. It's like, you know me or something. When when did you, when have you not fooled me? Uh, last week. What was the story last week? (laughs) <laughs> you don't remember no i do <laughs> no yeah it was la- the cat well last week i guessed the cat but i didn't think it was i really thought the murder hotel was real but then the last second i thought maybe i want to see a video of a cat on a catwalk and it happened to come true yeah i'm sorry tiff i just don't like to lose kevin all right <sighs> i'm a very competitive person it's in my nature Yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. <laughs> yes, ma'am, Professor Marianne. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so um, this is from the Chicago Tribune. Oh. And uh, a rock used as a doorstop for decades in Michigan, actually a meteorite worth $100,000. Uh, a Michigan man curious about a rock he'd used for decades. He's just curious about it. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm curious about that rock that I've been using as a doorstop. I wonder if there's anything to that rock I've been using as a doorstop. Huh. Um, okay, so a Michigan man was curious about a rock he'd used for decades as a doorstop. Now knows its secret. It's a meteorite worth one hundred thousand dollars. In fact, the nearly twenty-three pound hunk of iron. Twenty-three pounds. I know. How heavy was what that door? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> a 23 pound doorstop yeah like do you have to move that or is that just a door that you permanently want to open right. all the time that's insane <laughs> a tw- <laughs> does he live in a castle with like a drawbridge I he's know, propped open right <laughs> you just fish that out of the moat <laughs> the, okay, 20, the cosmoat <laughs> cosmoat that's right <laughs> fished it out of the cosmoat <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Uh, in fact, the nearly 23-pound hunk of iron and nickel is the sixth 
largest meteorite found in Michigan, according to the Smithsonian <laughs> Museum and Central Michigan University. Wow. University. Um, David Masaryk said he took his doorstop to the university for examination <laughs> after seeing reports in January of meteorite pieces selling for thousands of dollars. Uh, okay. I said, wait a minute. I wonder how much mine is worth. <laughs> university geology professor Mona Serbescu first identified the piece as more than just a rock. She then sent small, two small slices of the rock to the Smithsonian for confirmation. I could tell right away that there was something special, she said. It's the most valuable specimen I've ever held in my life. Jeez, lady. <laughs> Sorry about your husband. <laughs> You're very lonely, aren't you, Professor? <laughs> Professor Mariana, you lonely? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to take this rock home. and Well, that's all I'm going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Keep my door open if you know what I mean. <laughs> gonna gonna keep something propped open for a while. <laughs> hey, where'd that space rock go? <laughs> it's gone somewhere <laughs> that no man has ever explored. Deep space. <laughs> deep inner space. Oh. Oh. That gives new meaning to the fr- to the TV Get show. Get out of here. <laughs> gives new meaning to the tv sh- to the star trek series deep space nine whoa <laughs> just let me get through this article <laughs> what uh Back to what she said. I could tell right away that this was something special, she said. It's the most valuable specimen I've ever held in my life, monetarily and scientifically. (laughs) (laughs) Mazarek said the meteorite came with a barn he bought in 1988 in Edmore. He said the farmer who sold him the property told him it landed in his backyard in the 1930s. The story goes that it was collected immediately after they witnessed the big boom and the actual meteorite was dug out from a crater. Wait, so he kind of knew it was a meteorite. He did, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, he just didn't know that it... He was like, wait a minute, I guess mine might be worth something. Um, <laughs> My 23-pound meteorite that I've been keeping... Isn't that weird? That's <laughs> so uh, weird. More tests are being conducted to see if the meteorite contains rare elements. What typically happens with with these at this point is that the meteorites can either be sold and shown in a museum or sold to collectors and sellers looking to make a profit, Sirabescu said. The Smithsonian and Mineral Museum in Maine are considering purchasing the specimen. Hmm. Nazarek said that when he sells the meteorite, he'll donate some of the money to the university. I think that's really nice. Yeah. I'm done using it as a doorstop. Let's get a buyer, Mazurik said. <laughs> yeah. So, so finally, it. he has a retirement plan after all these years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a 23-pound doorstop. Like, what the F? Yep. That's crazy. <laughs> so weird. What? <laughs> Can you imagine moving that constantly? I do. I still stand by the fact that it sounds like a real dad thing to do. Yeah, it does. Like, I'm just going to use this hunk of rock is that uh, fell from the sky that fell from the sky and I'm going to use it to hold his door open <laughs> that's funny alright Kev 
shoot me those articles. <laughs> All right, here are my three articles for the week. Okay. Prime flights, Amazon in talks to buy supersonic aircraft company. Prime flights, Amazon in talks to buy supersonic aircraft company. Okay. Article number two. Rockefeller Center constructing artificial Christmas tree for 2019. Rockefeller Center constructing artificial Christmas tree for 2019. Okay. And article number three. Cheesy music. Swiss experiment with sounds to make cheese tastier. (laughs) Cheesy music. Swiss experiment with sound to make cheese tastier. Aw. For tasty cheese. Tasty cheese. You take those holes in that Swiss cheese and you fill it with sweet sounds. Mm-hmm. Sweet MP3s. Mm-hmm. Dope. Chloe, is now the time that you need to sit on my lap? <laughs> it appears to be so. Yeah. Okay, Prime Flights. Amazon to buy... Super flights. Supersonic jet company. Supersonic jet company. That's (laughs) what it was. Yes. Okay. Are you familiar with supersonic travel? Uh, No, only when it comes to Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) Yes. That's really all I know. So that's, it's very similar. You uh, curl up in a ball and you gather a lot of momentum and then you just kind of fly quickly to your destination. Just like Amazon packages. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I get it. See, it's really a match made in heaven. <laughs> it truly is. Yeah. <laughs> I think up until maybe 10, 15 years ago, there were supersonic aircraft that were traveling uh, the world. You could get from New York to, you could travel from like New York to London in like maybe five hours, something like that. Five hours. Are you unsure? <laughs> yeah, I think it's something like that. <laughs> but uh, because of some of the safety concerns and environmental concerns at the time, mm-hmm. uh, they put the kibosh or the kibosh on supersonic travel because you're traveling at the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. So you're going like Mach 3 or something like that. Okay. So it's very fast. Okay. So upon takeoff, and I believe landing, but definitely takeoff, you're uh, causing a sonic boom to occur. So it's very disruptive. Oh. To everyone around you. Yeah. Not only that, but uh, animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. They probably were really confused as to what that was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our cat gets scared by a vacuum cleaner. Mm -hmm. Imagine if we had a robot maid. Or a whistling teapot. Oh, that is the new thing that does put her in a lot of stress. So awful. Uh, So now we just keep the little whistle part open on the teapot. Also, the supersonic planes caused uh, some issues with the ozone layer. Oh really? I didn't. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I forget what exactly. It somehow aided or added to the depletion of ozone. Oh. So. So Amazon wants to bring that back. Well, there's new technologies, so it's not quite as. You well. Know. <laughs> it's the price you have to pay for convenience. No. Amazon Prime. <laughs> I like our environment. No, I think that they've com- they've uh, had some time to come up with new technology to make to take away some of that boom, some of that sonic boom, mm-hmm. and also to fix some of the environmental concerns. But right. um, I mean, if Amazon's able to get 
things to you within two business days. I mean, the idea that they're able to get you somewhere in, well, I hope it wouldn't be two business days, your flight, that would be terrible. Yeah. But uh, if they're able to speed up the process of getting you somewhere faster. As long as it were safe. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. And maybe they take packages with them, too. Maybe it's like you fly, but there's also like the cargo, like you open up the little bins above the seat and it's just filled with little package, Amazon packages. (laughs) Not your own luggage. (laughs) Yeah. You have to, you have to agree to drop, make a few deliveries once you get to your destination. But you you get significant savings though, you know, so it's it's a trade off. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So their idea is to call this prime flight. Yeah. Prime flights. Okay, so would this only be available to Prime customers? Oh uh, no, no. But I mean, they would. I'm sure they would make it easier for you. You, know, you probably go into the Do Amazon you, app and place a flight. Yes. Order. So you could you could buy your flight through Amazon. Right. And yeah. maybe you would. Maybe they break it up into first class economy and business class, based on what level of a member you are. Oh, that could be. I like that. I like that a lot. I I'm still not quite sold on the getting you faster, getting you there faster. Mhm. Based on the previous attempts with um bad effects on the environment mm-hmm. and you know, who who knows what that does to your body when you're traveling that fast. No, that's true too. I mean, Am- um, Amazon's uh, astronauts would probably have a good mm-hmm. idea because they're traveling so fast out into space. Mm-hmm. They can't be. They can't feel great. No, I mean, I'm sure. Like once you land, you're probably vomiting right away. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, people did it for long, decades. People traveled by the, with the Concorde. That was the big. That was the big supersonic jet. Was it? So I mean, people did it. They tra- there was transcontinental flights. Uh, so it was happening. Yeah. I think it was also very cost prohibitive. This type of travel because it involves, you know, a, a, at the time a, a relatively new tech, newer technology, a certain kind of plane. So there was a lot of money uh-huh. involved in it. So that was also um, probably part of the decline oh. of things too. But yeah. Um, but like I said, we've had a good ten to twenty years now of of people refining these technologies. Uh-huh. I mean, I do like the idea of being able to get to to Europe in a couple hours. Yeah. I mean, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. And the whole time you can watch Man of the High Castle. I'd go to sleep. Or some other fine Amazon programming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One I would, Mississippi. I would, pro- I would try to sleep too because I would not want to... The, the idea that you're traveling so fast is kind of scary. Yeah. Like, it feels like something, like a mishap. Could happen. Very quickly. Yeah. Like fast. <laughs> I don't know. No time to think about it. Yeah. I would just want to be knocked out. It'd be like Mr. T on the A-Team. You'd have to knock me out for travel. <laughs> <coughs> Is that how that worked? Yeah. Mr. T's character on the A-Team had a fear of, of flying. So they always had to, like, somehow get him knocked out and tranquilized to get to their destination. I've never seen the A-Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, missing much. It was okay. kind of a dumb show. All right. But fun. Fun and dumb. No pitying this fool. See? You know things. 
I do try. <laughs> I do know things. You do know things. Mm-hmm. I pity the fool that hasn't flown a supersonic plane. You pity us? No, I don't. What is it pet safe? Like, is it like just people? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they ever had uh, pets traveling on, on planes like that. Because you know like people like to take their dogs places? Mm-hmm. Or they may have to because it's like a service animal. Uh-huh. And would the animal disintegrate at high speeds like that? Right. But could it handle that? Would it? its nose start bleeding or something? Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah I know. Right. Yeah, you might be right. I don't know. I hope I hope Amazon gets it all worked out before they launch yeah. their first flight. Mm-hmm. Oof. Hey, Kev. Yo. Um, I want to talk about this Rockefeller tree. So yeah. is the idea of them creating an artificial tree well they're creating a new tree yeah so you know how every year they find like the largest spruce mm-hmm. or whatever and the the most recent one is actually from here in western new york i think oh really yeah oh i didn't know that yeah huh that's pretty cool it's uh i think somewhere in the southern tier oh wow i didn't know that it's out on channel two this week huh channel two wgrz buffalo yeah i don't know why i did that I just gave him, we'll cut that out. Um, yeah, so I think last year it was the tree was from like the central, not central New York, but maybe like Oneonta, somewhere in that area. Oh, I is it? Yeah. Or Utica, one of those places. But, um, but yeah, so the idea is that instead of every year scouring the United States for a 100-foot tree, they're just going to have a an artificial tree built that they will put up every year and then, you know, take down and store somewhere in Manhattan. Yeah. Where in, in three or four pieces that they'll number very delicately. Yes. So that everyone knows how to put it back together. <laughs> yes. Please, please make sure you label that tree. Yeah. <laughs> we had an artificial tree that did not, was not labeled well. Do you remember that? Uh, well, the, it was late. Well, you could tell by looking at it where, what, how the three pieces went together. Uh-huh. But it was a pre-lit tree, so it was very difficult to figure out what cords went where to connect all the cords together. Was this our second tree? I think so. I think it might have been the silver tree, maybe. Oh, okay. It was very difficult to figure out what, like, how to get it wired correctly. Uh-huh. So, yeah. you can imagine a 100-foot version. So, um... Is this uh, what? What's the advantage of doing that? Well, the advantage being that we're that they're not having to tear down a tree every year, one that's like over a hundred years old, right? And then have to like the manpower involved of in logistics of getting it to into New York City. Mm-hmm. Do you imagine being stuck behind that truck? Ugh, <laughs> it'd be so annoying. <laughs> be the worst. <laughs> But or just anywhere, even New York or just along the highways to the city. But um, yeah, so the idea is that they would have this tree. They wouldn't have to purchase a tree every year from somebody. They wouldn't have to, you know, coordinate all this stuff. They would just have a tree ready to go every year. Hmm. Better for the environment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Less wasteful. Right. For a while before my dad got a small artificial tree, he was going out and just digging up a small tree. Really? By its roots. And then when he was done with it after Christmas, like, and he would like pot it 
in really? the house. Yeah. And then when he was done with it after Christmas, he'd take it back out and replant it. No way. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He did that for a few years. <laughs> That's really kind of cool. I remember one year uh, uh, just going out in my friend's yard and chopping down a small tree and dragging it into the house and using it. And it was probably not, a, it was not. It was quite, a maple, wasn't it? It wasn't. Well, it wasn't a maple, <laughs> but it wasn't quite the right <laughs> shape. It wasn't like a good shape for, it was almost like a bush. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just wasn't the right shape for a Christmas tree. <laughs> he tried really hard to make it look like one. <laughs> but yeah, so the idea is uh, also the reason that they're getting the artificial tree uh, is that Rockefeller Center is allergic, has allergies. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So no. Has a runny nose all Christmas season. Aww. Yeah, allergic to pine. Uh, we had an artificial tree growing up because I was allergic to Christmas trees. Yeah, you're allergic to most things. I am allergic to a lot of the outdoors. Yeah, that's fine. I don't really want to clean up after a real tree anyway. Yeah. Well, that was always my job as a young child, uh, being crawling under the Christmas tree and picking up pine needles. And then I would always get really sick. I'd always be like, my face would be hot. My eyes would be watering. And my throat would be scratchy. And my, you know, I had all this tree gunk on my hands. Uh-huh. So I probably touched my eyeball with it, and I was always sick from it. Oh, just the smell. That's so sad. Yeah, I know, I know. Because it's a nice smell. Well, not to me. people who aren't <laughs> allergic to it. I don't mind the artificial scent; that doesn't bother me. But like, they're being around a real tree can really bother me. Can we still go see the artificial? Well, I mean, let me try that again. Let, I I would. I would still like to go to New York City and go see the Rockefeller tree. I would too. I think that'd be really fun. Real or artificial? Mm-hmm. I would go this year. I would go next year. I would go whatever, whatever they have there. Can we go all the time? I would go there if even if we chopped down a bush at my friend's house and they had that up. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Let's do that sometime. Yeah, I would like to do that. And then we could do a live podcast straight from the Rockefeller Center. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be really funny. That would be <laughs> cold, but fun. Cold, but fun. Indeed. And let's do it. Um, Chloe, your tail. Okay. Music to make better cheese. Yes. Cheesy music. Swiss experiment with sounds to make cheese tastier. Is that kind of like when you talk to plants? Exactly. It is the same kind of concept. Is it like, (laughs) I'm sorry to bring this up two weeks in a row, but is it like when they sing to the, the slime in the toaster and Ghostbusters and it, the the toaster (laughs) begins to dance? It's similar. Yes. It's like the, is it like when your heart feels nice when you hear music? (laughs) It is. It's all of these things. Yeah. So maybe it has an effect on cheese. Hmm. Yeah, because there's like living things in cheese, right? When it's being made, like kind of like I believe so. There's like mm, like yogurt. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess that, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think you're correct. So they could be manipulated somehow by sonic forces. Sonic. Well, sounds right. Uh huh. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So it'd be similar to the idea of plants, or maybe even the. Uh, Similar to the idea of uh, when people are pregnant and they have music playing, mm-hmm. may somehow affect the child. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So they're trying to see if this is the real deal. So they think that playing music around this cheese mm-hmm. could make it more tasty? Or create different flavors or modify the flavor in some in some way. And it's just in Switzerland? Yeah, it's a company or a person in Switzerland that's uh, doing that. Okay. So they have different types of music playing and experimenting with the cheeses. So they're going to let it play for a while and see what the effect of it is. What What flavor do you... Or what genre of music do you think would make the best cheese oh that's what they're i think they're trying to figure out so they got maybe have a few different things going on right but what do you think but um i would think something maybe with uh like a heavy beat something kind of like a like maybe like a techno uh, dance or techno kind of sound or electronic a rap maybe Uh hip-hop like something with a definite a dubstep Uh uh-huh perhaps like do you think that would have like an an effect on Mm -hmm. the on the cheese yeah um what do you think would have the worst effect on cheese? I'm very sorry for anyone who likes country, but I'm going to say modern day country music. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought too. Ugh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like Kenny Chesna- Chesney. Is that, that a person's name? <laughs> Did you almost say Chesnut? Ches- Kenny Chestnuts. <laughs> What's or, the guy? Uh, the guy with the voice that I don't like. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> you know, you know the one. <laughs> the, um, he has like a super vibrato for some reason. I don't know. Which one are you thinking of? He does like Garth Brooks. No, it's the other one. Jason Keith. Keith Moon. Keith. Ke- Keith. Keith Country. Toby Keith. Toby Keith. <laughs> Keith Country. Keith Country. Keith Country. Yeah. That would probably just, that would sour the cheese. Oh, that would. It would make it into it. something real rotten. <laughs> like a like a blue cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would make me blue. <laughs> if I had to listen to that. <laughs> What's, uh, I was trying to think of like songs that had cheese other songs that are about cheese, popular songs. Uh, not that I'm aware. Not that I'm aware of either. Uh, you know that old Feta tune. <laughs> remember that band Feta that Feta than Ezra? Yeah, they were popular. Yeah, I remember them. They were good. They're yeah. probably playing a little Feta than Ezra down there. And they were popular in what the '90s, right, Kevin? In the '90s, yeah, mm-hmm. best decade ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Maybe they play for them uh, the, for the cheeses. They play uh, Tom Petty's "Brie Falling." Yeah, play that. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. Um, what about uh, uh, the Munster Mash? <laughs> <laughs> I just cracked my head on the wall while laughing. Oh, honey, I'm it's sorry. Okay. Are you okay? I'm fine. Do you want to put a pillow behind your head? Maybe I do. Um, um yeah (laughs) there's lots of cheese possibilities yeah uh they probably play that song uh the curd is the word no 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 no. (laughs) you know that you know that 50s song Cream, 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 <laughs> cheese, cream. Oh, like uh, they probably do. 
Look at that one. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I like that one yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Green. <laughs> oh, it's really funny. <laughs> um, so I imagine like some sort of traditional Swiss dance that mm. would go along with this music mm-hmm. that would make the cheese feel good <laughs> and make it feel tasty. Good. Gouda, maybe make it feel real Gouda. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that song? Also, that song from the '90s, where it was like, "Are you Monterey?" Who wants to know? Who <laughs> wants to know? <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was my favorite one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, this is maybe we'll, um, yeah, rock and roll cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think, Tiff? One of these articles is real and two of them are fake. Which one do you think is real? I want the cheese one to be real. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Well, GD it, you are correct. Yeah! <laughs> Look at us be champions two yeah, weeks in a row. We did it. Guessing each other's articles. This is from, uh, this is an article from a website called thelocal.ch. It's a Swiss website. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheesy music, Swiss experiment with sound to make cheese tastier. Actually, I don't know if it's a, if it's a uh, Swiss website or not. Oh, okay. But uh, it does say jobs in Switzerland at the top of the page, so I just assumed that it was. That's fair. But I'm not sure what the CH stands for, other than... Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go from... Cheddar Heaven. <laughs> Cheddar Heaven. Knock, knock, knocking on Cheddar Heaven's door. <laughs> um, so, from Cheddar Heaven, uh, when searching for the perfect chunk of cheddar or Parmesan... Uh, cheese aficionados have probably never grilled vendors over what kind of music was played to their cheeses. To many, the question itself might sound crackers. Uh-huh. That's going to be one of those articles. But a Swiss cheesemaker has embarked on an experiment to test the impact of music on a mental. I'm not going to whine about it. it- <laughs> So the type of cheese is called Emmental, E-M-M-E-N-T-A-L, one of the most famous cheeses in Switzerland. Even if it prompts the pundits to write such grating remarks as, you gotta be kidding. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Marching through his 19th century cellar in Bergdorf, a town also known as Bertoud. So why not live in a town that has two names? That's not confusing at all. Nope. Uh, On the edge of the Emmental region of central Switzerland. Uh, this is the guy's name, Beat Wampfler. Beat as in B-E-A-T. That's his first name. Wow. Beat Wampfler. So that makes sense that he would want to do something with music. <laughs> Beat Wampfler sounds like a uh, the name of a drum machine. Yeah, it like does. a Swiss drum machine. <laughs> Check out the new Beat Wampfler. <laughs> you can now have a band in a box. <laughs> you no longer need drummer. Why am I talking like this? This is the wrong accent. Don't know. Uh, Beat Wampfler shows off hundreds of perfectly formed circles of the holy classic maturing in neat little rows. A, veterinar- a veterinarian by day, but consummate apron-wearing cheese enthusiast at night, Wampler's love for a mental has aged well over the years, like his finest stock that he cultivates. And here's a picture of him uh, enjoying one of his cheeses right there. Oh, that looks like he's really enjoying it there. He is. He's like taking a nap He's with like it. napping on a giant wheel of cheese. 
in one corner of his imp- impeccably clean cellar, nine open wooden crates sit with wheels of a mental cheese inside, a s- inside and small music speakers directly below. Since September, the cheeses have been blasted with sonic masterpieces from the likes of rock gods Led Zeppelin to hip-hop legends A Tribe Called Quest. That's amazing. Yeah. So at least it's like maybe good music. That's true. The project, Sonic Cheese, Experience Between Sound and Gastronomy, hopes to show that the power of music can influence the development, characteristics, and even flavor of cheese. See, that it makes sense to me, though. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like we said, uh, uh, with plants right. and babies and... Yeah. It says, uh, parts of the scientific community have spent years analyzing the effects of sound on plants, and some moms to be believe playing classical music to their unborn children makes them smarter. So, yeah, there's a, a bit more to the article, and I'm not going to go into the whole thing. You can read it online. When my sister was in the womb, uh, I used to play my saxophone. Oh, really? And uh, that seems to have worked, because she's a, t- a little scientist. Did, it's uh, wonderful. Did you, what song did you used to play for her? I don't remember. I think I know what song you used to play. Was it, um, Parmesan cheese. (laughs) Parmesan cheese. Oh, I <laughs> oh, son of a gun. I was going to try to, to. Parmesan cheese on your pasta. <laughs> it makes it great. Not just the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Spring, go that parm on top your pasta. And you can enjoy it. <laughs> Parmesan. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> I just imagined when you said you used to play the saxophone for your sister. Lisa Simpson. This is what came to mind. Oh, I I wonder if it's that one song. That's the one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Baker Street. <laughs> uh, yes, that is a ringtone on my phone. Big deal. Don't worry about it. We wake up to it. We like smooth sax solos yeah. to wake up to. Yeah. <laughs> when I wake up from the sack, I want to be listening to a sax. Yeah. That's what I always say. Yeah. that's what That is what you always say. <laughs> well, Kevin, that was amazing. What a fun program. What a delightful uh, program. We covered all topics uh, from... Uh, robots to the fun childhood uh, activity of coloring with crayons and uh, what we used to store them in. <laughs> Meteorites. Cheese uh, wheels. Flights. Christmas trees. And cheese wheels. We did it. Oh, we really did. Dirty 30 was a real success. <laughs> well, this concludes episode 30. Episode 30. Of Fake Headlines Podcast. 
Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and for continuing to listen. If you would like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at FakeHeadPod, on Instagram and Facebook at FakeHeadlinesPodcast, or you can email us at FakeHeadlinesPodcast at gmail.com. Yes, and you can always find a list of our shows over at FakeHeadlinesPodcast.com. Absolutely. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, go ahead and give us a review. Apple Podcasts, if you're on there. Hit that five stars, write a review if you can. We appreciate it so much. Thanks for sharing and talking about it on social media. We are so thankful for all of your support. Absolutely. So uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, we'll see you next guys. Next guys week. Next guys week. We'll see you on next guys week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.